0: Well, greetings and welcome to the Dividing Line Morning Edition. For us, anyways, here in uh, Phoenix, you can see I'm uh, ready to do uh, join the class in uh, Conway, Arkansas. I have the original Potter's Freedom, the second edition, uh, my two hardback editions of Chosen but Free. Those are first editions, first printing and second printing. Second edition, including the appendix, the horrific appendix, (laughs) attempting to respond to the Potter's Freedom, and the current edition, uh, third edition of Chosen But Free. So I've got those laid out because uh, part of the projects for Dr. Strand's Soteriology class is a comparison of the Potter's Freedom and Chosen But Free. So I've, as soon as I heard about that, I volunteered a long, long time ago to um, zoom into the uh, class. It's an intensive class going on right now. I, I noticed that Squirrel... Uh, asked for prayer for Dr. Strand because Dr. Strand's going to be teaching for eight hours per day for three days and um, in this intensive. And um, I'm like, yeah, well, all of us that do intensive classes have to do that. And I'm much older than Dr. Strand. So I don't remember when squirrel was in my class and I was doing it. I remember him going, you know, we need to pray for Dr. White. He's, he's rather elderly and we need to give him, he needs to have enough strength. I don't remember any of that, but for Dr. Strand, I think someone thinks they're good with any grades in my classes, but not so good with grades in other people's classes. Playing yes,
1: the age card. Huh? Wow, just playing the age card like a pro, man. Like uh, a pro. Hey, uh,
0: once, once you're old enough to have the age card, you already have the experience to play the age cards. So <laughs> it just, just works that way. But, uh, yeah, I was, I was giving squirrel a hard time about that. Cause it's like, uh, you know, he's not the only one that does those intensive. In fact, that's all I do is the intensives and they're, they're, they are intense. Um, just happened to be looking over at my, uh, Twitter feed. I'm gonna be doing a bunch of stuff off of Twitter today. um, Someone said transgender people are 19 times more likely to commit suicide. What does that tell you? It tells me that they have mental problems, major, major mental problems, that transgenderism is a mental disease. It's a soul disease. It's rebellion. um, And suicide and transgender transitioning are both self-destructive things. So they're right next to each other. And when the one doesn't work, the other one naturally follows. And if we don't start, if we don't stop this fantasy, this utter absurd fantasy that we're not cre- creatures of God, we are not made by him with certain responsibilities, but instead our pond scum that has highly evolved, well, has it, it, if you understand Darwin, highly evolved is a misnomer. It's not high, it's just level of complexity. But as long as we view ourselves as cosmic accidents, fizzing chemicals, moist robots, ugly bags of mostly water, whatever terms you want to use, um, there will be no human flourishing. There will be no human society. All the freedoms, all the liberties that were built up by our predecessors by following the outlines of Christian belief uh, have been sacrificed. And the inevitable result is self-destruction. Um, numbers just came out recently. You probably haven't seen them because, of course, the uh, governmental media, because that's what media is anymore, let's just be honest. MSNBC is just simply... a the extension of the Democratic Party. It's, it's not a... They don't do journalism. Uh, so you have to go digging. And uh, numbers just came out in regards to, I believe it was Singapore and um, stillbirths. And nine months at one of the most vaccinated mRNA vaccinated places in the in the planet. And um the stillbirths doubled 9 months after the vaccination stuff started um will anybody talk about that no no they're not, they're not going they're not going to talk about things like that they're not, not going to talk about the reality of why transgenderism is self-destructive they're not going to talk about uh how many people became massively rich and powerful uh by promoting these uh these vaccines and the things that they do. Um, Worldview matters. And right now we see an entire culture, an entire generation. To see the numbers yesterday of the people in each generation who claim to be LGBTQ and the massive spike in Gen Z. How do you get from 1.5% to almost 20% in a matter of years, that's not natural. That doesn't represent anything real. That's been created by TikTok and YouTube and Google and the NEA. That's that's where that's coming from. It's astonishing. Um, and then, just for the fun of it, right below these um, was. Enrollment, full time enrollment for SBC schools. So 2019 to 2021 versus 2021 2022. Southern Seminary, 2761, now 2101. So 560 lower. Midwestern, this is interesting, up by. 59 59 New Orleans down by almost 300 Southwestern down by 350 ish and Southeastern down by four 500 505 1268 now 763 Gateway not included <laughs> that's the old Golden Gate Um, I'm not, I have no idea where their, their numbers are. They are sort of small stepchild now, sadly, to where they once were. Um, doesn't look like, um, doesn't look like having a woke perspective helps your enrollment much, but that's pretty much with all of them. Uh, interestingly enough, man, I remember when Southwestern was just, when, when I when I was graduating from college, Southwestern was the place to go. It was, you know, at the Southern Baptist Church I was at. That was, I wonder what their nam- numbers were like back then. Uh, but, of course, then they also ended up with a stained glass window uh, featuring Paige Patterson. So, you end up with, did you know about that? Yeah, you probably knew about that. Oh, yeah, they had a, they had a stained glass window in the chapel at Southwestern uh, with Paige Patterson. <laughs> It's just sort of like, I'm not sure. They took it down. They took it out. Um, I'm not sure if they gave it to him or not. (laughs) What would you do? What would you do with that? Anyway, uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so many things going on. Um, let me see here, which way do we want to go with this? Um, yeah, let's do this one next. Um, I saw, again, just sort of doing Twitter theology this morning, Reverend Cayo Lucas Santos posted this, Paul had zero interest in Jesus' earthly life or sayings, and yet Paul is the guy whose theology we interpretively adopted to form the foundation of Western religion. Is it any wonder we ended up with a Christless Christianity? Now, when I read something like that, I'm, I'm just like, there's nothing new here. Um, I went to Fuller. <laughs> I, I understand liberal uh, theology. And again, and again I, don't, I don't like using that term. That was what we used to call it. And people, some people still use that terminology. But leftist, regressivist theology. And I know that we're in the minority. Oh, (laughs) let me turn my phone off. And uh, uh, the Paige Patterson window wasn't as egregious as the Rick Warren stained glass window. Okay. Um, Yeah. Um, I don't know. Paige Patterson was actually there. Um, at that time. And, uh, I have no idea what, what's going on here. Um, I, 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 I'm just easily distracted by things. Squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. Uh, yeah, that's what it was. Squirrel, squirrel, squirrel me. Um, Paige Patterson was the president of SWBTS, so it's it's one thing. Okay, yeah, Warren. But how much money did they donate to get that? But Patterson was the guy that was there. I mean, he had to go into that chapel. Oh, it's just so creepy. Oh, anyway, sorry. Um, I've turned the ringer off now, so I won't hear it going. Ding ding. <clears throat> you still should have prayed for me. You know. He said he figured I ride 4,000 miles on a bike every day anyway, so I don't need prayers for, for energy. And I'm, I'm, I'm just like, no, I don't do 4,000 miles anymore um, per day. I never did. Um, but anyway, um, back to Reverend Cayo Lucas Santos. When I listen to something like that, when I hear someone say, Paul had zero interest in Jesus' earthly life or things, remember... What year was it? Was it 2008 that we did the debate with John Dominic Crossan? Sounds around that area. I've spent a lot of time reading leftist propaganda, leftist theology. And I know that that's the majority of what's being taught in all accredited uh, institutions these days. That's something we need to talk about. I've been warning about the, the, the opening of the door for this stuff through the power of accreditation. And it's more than ever the case today. And so this stuff is like water off a duck's back for me. It's just like most Christians, most believing Christians hear that and they're like, what's, what is he talking about? And how do we respond to that? And, And I just like, I already know where all the problems are. I already know that someone like this has no idea what I believe. They have a caricature. Um, look at every leftist I've ever debated. And what's the common denominator with all of them? Aside from the fact they don't bring Bibles <laughs> to debates about the Bible. They don't know what we believe and they don't care. They have that's why even someone like a Peter Stravinskys could assume that his conversations with Jimmy Swaggart would be relevant to my beliefs because all conservatives are are loons um that that's all there is to it and yes thank you uh thank you um i was now sent a picture of the rick warren stained glass window did you want do you want me to throw up on air i mean it's pretty close, you know, yeah, but rick warren's they they kicked they kicked Saddleback out, <laughs> took him long enough anyway um and so they they don't they don't care what we believe they they don't take the time to read what we believe when you go to a conservative seminary, you read the liberals you 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 understand where the liberals are coming from, so you can interact with them, regressivists, whatever. Uh, They don't do that. They do not do that. They are more than happy to just simply accept a vague, um, broad generalization and just dismiss it. Conservative Christians are just weirdos. And so as a result, you know, Paul had zero interest in Jesus' er earthly life or sayings. Where would you get any sayings from Jesus' earthly life? Oh, the Gnostic Gospels. Oh, yeah. How do you know what Paul had an interest in? How do you know that? Well, they don't. You see, independent fundamentalist Baptists, King James only guys, and then the ultra leftists, they all have one thing in common. They live in an echo chamber and they don't listen to anything outside. And so you hear the same thing being repeated over and over and over and over again, and you just assume that must be the truth. But the fact is, you don't know what interest Paul had in Jesus' earthly life. He clearly knew about it. He clearly knew about uh, the tradition um, of Jesus' teachings, because, and I've pointed this out many times before, and we said we sometimes just go right on past this is, instead of stopping. But remember, I've when and I think sometimes and I get the real, real, real feeling. A lot of you folks, well, it's been a while since we did a whole, a whole bunch of stuff on Islam. We were doing that very heavily for a long time, and I think a lot of people are sort of tuned out on it. They they said, "Yeah, go get them." Go get them, James. (laughs) It's just, you know, and it's sort of like a lot of people, I think, tuned out on all the stuff we were doing on Roman Catholicism way, 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 way back when, though some of you are now realizing, oh, we shouldn't have done that. Um, This is sort of important. But remember in dealing with Muslim apologists, they like to go to where when Paul's dealing with questions about marriage, he says, um, you know, the Lord says, and then later on he says, not the Lord But I say, and they want to say, ah, see, there's there's Paul differentiating between when he claims to be giving revelation and when he's just giving his personal opinion. And that's not what's going on there at all. When Paul says, the Lord said, what he then repeats is a part of what we have in the Gospels, where Jesus addressed certain issues in regards to sexuality, marriage, and things like that. But then the next question he's dealing with was not addressed in the Gospels. It's not a part of the Gospel tradition. And so when he says, I, not the Lord, he's, he's saying, there's, there's nothing in Jesus' teachings that has been passed down, and this is a relatively short period of time over the past couple of decades, um, where Jesus addressed this topic. And that's particularly relevant because as the gospel is going outside of Israel to you know, Corinth and Greek speaking areas out there, it's going to encounter all sorts of questions that wouldn't be coming up in Jesus' ministry. It makes sense. And so Paul does know the gospel tradition well enough to know what is and what is not addressed by Jesus in that tradition on a specific subject. He knows what's in the Gospels. So why would he repeat what's in the Gospels? And yet so much, it it, it maddened me, even in seminary, I would read these highfalutin, got all these awards and degrees and all the rest of this stuff, their books, and the assumptions that they make. And I'm just going, why are you making that assumption? Why, why are why are you assuming that because Jesus because Paul does not repeat the Jesus tradition, which we have in the Gospels. In short letters, he's writing to churches on other topics, that that means he had quote zero interest in Jesus' earthly life. Why? What? What? Where does that come from? It's stupid. That's it's it's the echo chamber of leftism. That's all it is. And since it's accepted without without thought, there's nothing else to look at. I mean, this is we all know all the smart people believe this. Um then it's it's accepted as a as a given. No, Jesus certainly had interest in Jesus' earthly life and sayings. Well, are you saying that, that Paul wasn't familiar with the, the gospel tradition, or are you talking about early sayings, like the Gnostic gospels? Stuff like that? I don't know, I can't tell. And these folks would conflate all that together anyways. So, it's just a, it's just a completely false statement. Completely false statement. And it's, it's based upon ignorance and, and ignorant assumption. And yet, Paul is the guy whose theology we interpretively adopted to form the foundation of Western religion. Oh, you mean like the New Testament? <laughs> you mean you mean like uh, the one that we, it says, whose theology we interpretively adopted? Um, you mean God chose him to write a majority of the New Testament? Is that what you mean? Well, for them... God didn't have anything to do with any of this. There's no no decree of God. There's no supernatural activity of God involved in in the in the in the canon, in the writing of scripture, in any of that kind of stuff. There is no consistency. What we have is is a mistake. It's an accident of history. We are accidents of history. Everything we have is accidents of history. Therefore, everything is up for grabs, and you can interpret everything any way you want to. That's that's what happens when you have regressivist theology um, that calls itself Christianity. It has very little to do with Christianity and ends up not looking very much like Christianity, but there you go. Is it any wonder we ended up with a Christless Christianity? Well, I, I have no idea... Um, the centrality of Jesus in Paul's theology is really obvious to me. But the background of this is the search for the historical Jesus, uh, the rejection of the, the cosmic Christ of Paul, and there's all sorts of stuff behind all of this. And so I just retweeted that and said, you know, here is a Great example of the emptiness of the echo chamber in modern seminaries and institutions of higher, i.e., leftist learning. And um, uh, I'm noticing just now there are 14 responses to that. Um, I I don't have time to—and and for most people, it's just like, I get it. You know, the, they don't understand— they just haven't interacted with regressivist theology enough to understand where these people are coming from. And maybe to even feel sort of bad for them. Because I, I do. They're, uh, regressivist leftist theology is empty, soul drying. So many of these people just end up off in standard atheism and stuff like that because there's just nothing. There's nothing to hold them to anything. There's, it's, it's, I've never understood why anyone would believe in a Christianity without a supernatural Christ, for example. Why? All, all, you, all you are left, you know, Unitarian Universalism, all the rest of that kind of stuff, empty, dry. And I don't know why anyone holds to it. I, I've, I've never figured it out, never will. Never will. But it's out there, and you're gonna hear more and more and more of it. And it you it should on one hand make you want to be able to interact with these people. On the other hand, it should not be shaking your faith. You should not be one of those people going, Oh, I, I need to I need to figure out how to respond to all this. Don't be Easily shaken by things you've not seen before. Take it as a challenge, but don't put aside your duties and all of a sudden make it the central thing that, of your life to come up with answers. The answers are out there, believe me. <laughs> um, they, they, they're not going to be the most popular books on the on the shelf if they're even being published anymore. But many of us have been dealing with this stuff for a very, very, very very long time, and believe me, there's a reason why J. Gresham Machen wrote what he wrote, liberalism and Christianity. They're two different faiths, they're two different religions. Yes, sir.
1: I was just going to comment that um, it speaks volumes to me that they would make the admission or assertion that they're in search of Christ, and they don't find him in the pages of the New Testament. Uh, That says something because when I open the New Testament, it screams at me. Uh, about Christ. Paul is it's it's all throughout and the fact that a, a someone can open those same pages and be so incredibly blind to it says something about their spiritual state that they are truly spiritually blinded to it. Back to the naturalistic perspective of it. Well, that can't be true because I can't believe it because it would have to be supernatural to believe it and I'm not going to do that. All right.
0: Well, anybody who tries to find the real historical Christ by starting off with a rejection of everything we know about christ's view of scripture itself because that's what they do that's you know i when when i when I learned this in in seminary um you see if you start with the presupposition that everything we have in scripture is nothing but human in origin. It's not supernatural and there's no consistency. Then trying to figure out who Jesus is becomes nothing but a game. Remember, remember, well, most people wouldn't, but remember the um, line that I used, And I forget, I forget now who said it. I could track it down. Probably, probably still have the notes on this computer somewhere. Uh, the line that I used in the debate with John Dominic Crossan, where in discussing the search for the historical Jesus, which was, when I was in seminary, that was a big, 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 big big thing. Um, I remember very clearly one night in class, late in the evening, long, long day, and we were just, a professor was just droning on about the search for the historical Jesus. Um, that was, you, you had to, you had to cover all that stuff and and you do, if you're going to do anything in church history, you got to at least that had a lot to do with the last century, but there was a quote since when someone along the lines of, it's not overly surprising that when liberals who reject the inerrancy of scripture, the consistency of scripture, the supernatural nature of scripture. When they look down the deep well of the search for the historical Jesus, not overly surprisingly, the Jesus that they see at the bottom of the well looks very much like them. And so if you're the social justice guy, you end up with the social justice Jesus. If you're into the mystical stuff, you end up with a mystical Jesus because that's all you've got. You've got nothing else. You don't have anything that can correct your ideas because you don't have any objective revelation of of who Christ actually is. And so it is again it's a worthless it's a worthless task. Um but that's what that's what leftist theology is all about. And um just be be aware of that. Speaking of leftist theology, um I hadn't thought about bringing this over here but I can. Um, oh, and I—I I know I made the mistake of turning off the sound. To the right thing here. This hit last week. Um, I, I almost hesitate because you, you look at the background and. For me, one of the sad things about the apostasy of the left and the mainline denominations is I can remember my dad. Um, I remember having conversations with him. And, you know, his memory of denomination stuff went a lot farther back than mine did. and And he would say... Man, I can remember when the Methodists preached the gospel, and they believed the scriptures. And uh, you know they, and now you, now you look at them, and of course that was this was decades ago, in comparison. To now one of the things that makes me sad is I'm looking at this church background. And you look at the pews, you look at the candles, and of course, as you're going to see here in a moment, yeah, there there you go. There's, you've got the rainbow stuff, and this guy's going to be wearing a rainbow stole and all this kind of <sighs> apostasy. But I can pretty much guarantee you all that stuff, the building, the pews, paid for with money donated from people who actually believed the Bible. And over time, doesn't happen in one week. It doesn't happen in one month. But the drift, and that's why I was really concerned a couple years ago when Reformed Baptists started hammering on Semper Reformanda. Because, see, Semper Reformanda has always meant, you know, to hear people say, that just means we can throw everything out. That's not what it means. It's never what I understood it to mean. Semper Reformanda means the church always has to be reforming because we live in this world, and there are forces, and there are pressures coming against us. And apostasy is an ugly thing. You know, I don't think I'll ever get to see London again. But I loved the long period of time I spent there. And I was one of the few people jogging through London. (laughs) Like I said, if you wanted London to yourself, get up before sunrise and go running. You'll have London to yourself. You really, really will. I mean... The, the loop under the eye and across the bridge or right next to Big Ben. Literally, I could run that before sunrise and I'd run into nobody. Nobody. Within two hours, you wouldn't be able to run in there for your life. The cops would be chasing you because they figured you'd done something wrong. But you can do it. But the fact is, go by Westminster, look at the walls. Christianity is engraved in the streets and the walls and the names. And there's almost no Christians left there. There's almost no Christians left there. We have to learn from these things. We have to learn. What does that mean? You can never take it for granted. You can never take it. Semper reformanda. There always must be the recognition that if there is not a constant desire to be conforming ourselves to the standards of God's word, there will be that drift. There will be that. And the end result is what we're about to see. The end result is what we're about to see. I don't know if this is Reverend Dr. Caleb J. Lines, but I bet it is. I just happened to notice that over there on the TikTok thing or something. Again, I don't do TikTok, but all right. It's only 32 seconds long. I think I can survive this. We'll try.
1: God is gay. God is a lesbian. God is trans. God is gender non-binary. God is straight. God is cisgender. God is black. God is white. God is Middle Eastern. God is Asian. God is differently able, mentally and physically. God is able-bodied. God is you and you are god because you are a reflection of god's divine image god
0: so so god is you and you are god because you are a reflection of god's divine image this is about as clear an example of utter idolatry as you could ever have The creator-creation distinction is gone. The imago Dei, man's greatest creative possession, has been perverted into something where you can literally take the confusions, rebellions, and sexual sins of mankind and reflect them back upon God with a straight face. But this is... You know, I'm. I've still got the screen up here. Um, it's so sad because he has uh, he has a uh, bow tie on, and um, there is, it, it. I think it's a real one. You know how? I, you know why, Rich? Why do you think that's a real bow tie? What? Happened to me uh, last uh, weekend before last. When you tie a real bow tie, you have to work to get it straight, and the tendency is for it to go crooked because of the nature of the knot. A fake one is going to stay straight because it's got no place to go, and the knot isn't pulling on it. So, and you don't wear bow ties, so I'm I'm impressed that you. Wear I do bow
1: not wear bow ties, but I have to tell you if we're going to think on the level of symbolism, like this guy would like to think, yes, there is a, a, a real strong indicator regarding the fact that it is crooked. It is not straight.
0: It is not. straight. <laughs> hadn't thought of it in those terms. Thank you, Rich. Appreciate that. Evidently, evidently, uh, Rich has now woken up and, uh, the caffeine kicked in from the coffee. I do not drink coffee, so that can't happen for me. um, because he would kill me. But anyway, yeah, no, um Yeah, there's everything about him that is screaming the um the rejection of God's moral purposes for man. No two ways about it. It's um Now, again, warning our concern should be for the content and we diminish the effectiveness of the argumentation when we then add in what I often see on social media, and that is just unnecessary other stuff. Um, yeah, is is this? Does this man claim to be a minister? In a Christian church, he does. Is he? No, he's not. So we have to say that. Well, I'm sorry? Right, 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 right. Right. Synagogue of Satan is how our ancestors would have put that rather rather bluntly. Um But you you have to be careful because the tendency on our part, you you don't want a Pharisee it. Okay? You don't want a Pharisee. The Pharisees had many true, proper—many of the things the Pharisees wanted to do developed out of traditions that came in the post-exilic period, and the initial motivation for the things that they did were, was good. They wanted to be separate from, uh, from anything that would be displeasing to God, all the rest of that stuff but if that is not joined in each and every generation with a spiritual change of heart it becomes pharisaism and we can if you look down your nose at this guy you can go this is not christianity this is not a christian church this is not a christian minister this is not the christian message all those things you have to say but it should not be joined with the hatred of the man because that will eat your heart out that, that will destroy any place for grace in your message. Message we all have to remember. All have to remember. Got to keep that one in mind. Okay. This one ain't going on. Uh, this one already wasn't going on YouTube. Because I already mentioned the Vax word, so. And I saw somebody, who was it today? I saw, I saw someone on Twitter that posted something about we've, oh, I think it was CrossPolitik uh, posted something about they had a video removed from YouTube because it has violated our medical misinformation, <laughs> which we all know today um, means it's true. And we all know that Google, Google is guilty of crimes against humanity. Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. When you see what's going on with the studies that are finally being allowed to be discussed now, um, what was done in twenty twenty, primarily in twenty twenty one, and into the through the middle of twenty twenty two, were crimes against humanity. They really were. The number of people who have died and are still dying as a result of these things, astonishing. Think anything's going to happen uh, on the great day? Not in this life, not in this life, but on that great day <laughs> there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every one of them going to answer. Every one of them going to answer. And there's going to be no questions about it, which leads me to one thing before I play this. Number of days ago, I was still on the road, um, And by the way, if everything goes well, and Rich and I are both sitting here going, yeah, if everything goes well, so many things. If everything goes well, sometime next week, we will have a road trip dividing line. It'll only be one because I'm only going for two days. And why, why am I going for only two days? Because I'll be shaking down the new unit. No, we won't have a, have a uh, studio in it yet. Uh, we'll finally be able to be making measurements and plans and arguing about what's the best, best way to do that. That's going to take some time because we got a bunch of people who are all going to have their different ideas. But you've got to make sure that everything's working because my first official trip with it will be up to Salt Lake for the big debate on is morality possible without God? So you don't just, you don't do what we did. Well, you know, I did go up to Prescott Valley. I did sort of do, but that wasn't so much because we were smart enough to realize it needed to shake out, as we just didn't know what the heck we were doing. (laughs) Is it going to go up to, will I get up the hill? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it was different. This time we know, and I know exactly what to be, you know, is Okay, when I pull on the black tank thing, does it work? Okay, is it? Oh, okay, in and out. Okay, that works good. All right. There's, I, I know what to be looking for this time and making sure that everything works. So Thursday or Friday of next week, we will do a, a road trip dividing line um, from the new unit. And it won't be in a studio. It will be at the kitchen table like we've always been doing it. But this will be a completely different spot and I'm tremendously excited and tremendously thankful for all of you who have helped and hopefully will continue helping in uh, making this, uh, this whole thing happen. Uh, but I'm very, very excited about that. And uh, just pray for me. Pray for me because it's real, it's real simple. Um, the new unit is four and a half feet longer than the one I'm used to driving around. And the new truck is a foot and a half longer than the initial truck I had, so I'm going to be a lot bigger <laughs> than I am used to being, and so I'm going to be a little nervous. Do you put me honest with you? Um, you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to take that thing into a gas station, would you? And Richard says no. <laughs> well, do you honest with you? I don't either, <laughs> but I have to. It just comes with the job. So, uh, next week at some point be watching. I'm going to have a wonderful smile on my face. Lord willing. Um, you know, uh, what? Yeah, I hope. Yeah. Well, I, I probably won't have had to, I, by, t- by the time up there, I won't have to have gone through a gas station yet. Uh, it's only nine, only a 90 minute drive up there. And that's, trucks got a big gas tank so um but yes be watching for that next week i will be um i'm very very excited about that but while i was on the road it was somewhere in texas of course doesn't mean anything because it takes forever to get across texas as i well know um i saw something on twitter and it was a it was a picture of me sitting right here and i don't I think I had a Kuji on, but, um, and it was, it's titled something like white pilled. And I, I listened to it and a thought crossed my mind. I wonder what I was talking about. I don't, I don't remember this, but I didn't have time really to, to go into it. I just thought, well, that's interesting. Someone took a quote, but I wonder why they didn't have the video of me doing this. And, but I didn't give it much thought, and then yesterday, someone tweeted and said, "Oh, now I understand. That's AI." And I'm like, "Can someone ex- can someone explain what's going on here?" Well, someone took a screenshot, and then I guess I don't know where you can submit like files of people speaking, and there are a lot of files of me speaking on the internet. Hours and hours and hours. And are you aware of this? Do you got more information than I've got? It's a freeze frame. But that wasn't my voice. It sure sounded like it to me. That wasn't my voice. That wasn't me speaking. I was doing the same thing. I was doing the same thing. And so I'm sitting here as a UPS person, probably going to the other thing, not us. But anyway, Um, I, I agreed with what was being said, but I didn't remember ever saying it. That's a very strange feeling. That's a very strange feeling. And then to find out, that's not my voice. That's a computer imitating my voice. They did the same thing with the same talk with Biden. Someone sent me um, the same and here Biden is now saying the same words I'm saying in my voice. And everybody's laughing about it because Biden would never say that. But it was in Biden's voice. So you've got deep fake vocal voice stuff and deep fake video stuff now the video stuff isn't perfected yet but it's getting better and better and better and better and the voice and what concerns me is the use of this technology by people who have nefarious purposes i mean we are really, 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 really going to have to apply biblical standards of, on the testimony of two or three human witnesses. Because if you hear a video or an audio clip, how can you know anymore? You can't. And it's, Almost to the point now where if you see a video clip, there is that person. He was doing that. You don't know that. Not anymore. You don't know that anymore. It can be artificially created. And so I've said for a long time, we're getting to the point where every time something goes woo-woo with my computer... And all of a sudden, everything, you know, does something that's not supposed to be doing. I'm sitting here going, "Okay, who's in there? Who's in there? How, you know, how they get in? I don't know. What are they doing? I don't know. And how can you? How can you take as on a on a biblical basis? How can you look at that anything electronic and go?" There's evidence this person did X, Y, and Z because you can, if if you can fake their voice, fake their face, you can hack their computer, you can. Anybody can be framed for anything. And there's no way of knowing if we don't use a biblical standard. And you might go, but that means people can get away with stuff. That's why there's a day of judgment. That's why our law worked when we all believed. And recognize the day of judgment was coming, which is why you took a Bible and you, 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 you placed your hand on, the, hand on the Bible. There's a day of judgment coming and I swear I can tell the truth. That doesn't mean anything to anybody anymore. It's irrelevant anymore. And so without that standard, there's not going to be justice for anybody. You can put anybody away for anything. I've, I've always hated, honestly, I've hated movies where people are framed for stuff. I've always, I've always just been, Oh, and now the ease with which it could be done, you know? So I think of that one with Tommy Lee Jones and, um, the fugitive Harrison Ford, um, you know, great movie, but I hated it because of what it meant. And then there was the one with, um, Um, Oh, good grief. Just did Top Gun Maverick. Um, Tom Cruise. Cruise, um, Minority Report. Gets framed for all of that and stuff. And it's just like, I don't like any of those things because I can see where this can go. And we're going there. And we're going there fast. Simple question, everybody. Do you trust the United States Justice Department? Do you trust those people anymore? I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. I never should have before. I once did. I was once one of the happy, yay, go America, we have the Constitution type people. You see them showing up. You see them going after pro-life people with, with SWAT teams. And the BLM people can blow up buildings and, and walk away free? Yeah, no thanks. Um, yeah, right. I know, I know. I The very leaders standing in front of us, evidence is incontrovertible, and they just lie through their teeth. I don't trust them as far as I can. So if they have, if they have this technology, what can they do to you? God protect us. God protect us. The only, the only thing to do. All right, nine minutes. And bring this over here. Uh, get it big. And here we go.
1: So only two girls. I'm going to throw up. I'm so scared. <laughs> and four boys. That's a lot of boys. Wait, that is funny. I wonder why. Your sperm made lots of boys. Wait. Wait. One, two, three. I have four girls. Four girls and two Two. boys. So we're opposite. Wow. It's so weird, too,
0: because our babies have barcodes. (laughs) I mean...
1: I have two girls. You have four, so that's six. Yes. I have... Four boys, you have two. So six. six. Yes. How is that even possible? That we, uh, now we have six boys
0: and six girls. It's cheaper by the dozen, baby. <laughs> okay, I'm curious though. I want to talk to our doctor and know, like, okay, of the four boys, which boy do we choose? You know, like. I don't like playing God. I don't either. <laughs> but, no, I'm just saying. Like, I wonder Hold if on, there's man. like the biopsies or the lab results tell them we which. we just spin one.
1: the wheel and we'll put a barcode on each side. Okay. <laughs>
0: Okay, let's start off with the standard. Well, would you think it was okay if they were heterosexual? No, I wouldn't. We've been talking about this for a long time. Um, there, for for decades, we've been trying to go, hey, this, this technology stuff that we're doing, instead of trusting God to open the womb and not open the womb, designer babies, all the rest of this kind of stuff is wrong, wrong, wrong. We are playing with the very essence of life. And from a Christian perspective, it should not be done. But we are living in a very, very, very post-Christian world. And so now you have two rebels against God, rebels against created order, and they are creating designer babies with barcodes to fulfill their lusts their natural their natural desire to be a parent without the covenantal connection to the woman who provides the other 50% of the genetic material that's supposed to be part of a marriage and hence is supposed to be the example of the feminine the mother the nurture. this is child abuse. Every one of these 12 embryos are unique. But you know 11 of the 12 are probably going to be destroyed. Barcode and all. If you can't, if you are so morally undeveloped, that you can't look at this and go, God, Sodom and Gomorrah was superior to us. They were they were more moral than we are. And you justly destroyed them. Even Christians say, Hey, if your if your theological vocabulary does not include the term repentance, you've got no way of dealing with this anyways. You're not even a part of the part of the program. But our society rejoices in these effeminate, demasculined males using their sperm to create designer babies, the majority of which will be destroyed. And we call it good. We call it good. This is the reason this, this is. This is the result of your rejection of the light that we've had from the founding of this
1: nation. Yes, sir? You know, I listen to that, and even these two reprobates acknowledge what they're doing. They're playing God. Yeah, yeah. They don't like doing it, but they're sure going to do it. But they out loud acknowledged what yep. they're doing. That's what they said.
0: I don't want to play God, but they, they have no other choice. They have already made themselves their own gods that doctor we need to talk to our doctor <sighs> i what what can we say to our society well first first of all first of all before you run off to twitter and fire off some kind of whatever the people who need to know and understand why there is a fundamental moral issue here. Ourselves, our children, our grandchildren, our churches. And it, it can't just be, oh, we don't agree with this. We have to communicate to our, in my, in my, my situation, my grandchildren— There has to be a communication to them of the foundational, creational norms that are being violated. And the inevitable result is the destruction of human life. Not just those little babies, but there's going to be one of them that will be brought to term in yet another woman's womb that isn't the mother. And that child will be bereft of a mother and will have two confused effeminate males to take the place of a father who is committed to them as their father and a mother who is committed to them to nurture them as a mother. We need to understand why that is utterly wrong. And it's not just because, oh, that's creepy or, oh, I don't like those guys. No. It's the destruction of life. It's the selfishness. It's the narcissism. This is the destruction of the Imago Dei on every level possible. On every level possible. Everyone needs to understand it. And everyone needs to pray, God, deliver us from our own insanity. Our own evil. Bring... uh, Bring revivals. Let's start with us. All right. Well, um, Thursday is going to be early. No, Tuesday. Wait, what's today? Today's Thursday. So next Tuesday, we're, we're going to have to do it more in the morning again, because right now we are hoping for a special Apologia Radio program. Uh, Next Tuesday afternoon. Pray it happens because it will be very interesting and you will want to see it. Uh, I will be a part of it uh, next uh, next Tuesday afternoon. I don't want to say anything more than that to cause any undue questions about whether it's going to happen. And then, like I said, Lord willing, uh, next Thursday, week from today, uh, road trip dividing line from a spot we've never seen before. Um, And won't be the regular spot in the future. But its I'm excited, and I hope you're excited with me. And uh, like I said, we continue to need your support to be able to do that. Thanks for watching the program today. We'll see you next time. God bless.